I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Welcome in. It is the Take Command Instant Reaction Show. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. We are streaming live on YouTube at 1067 The Fan and at the Team 980. And of course, uh, many of you probably listening on a Monday morning uh, on what is so close to having been a victory yeah, Monday. Instead, it is a misery Monday. Uh, and that will be what we have tomorrow, Logan, as we sit here on Sunday night on the heels of a 34-31 loss by the Washington Commanders to the Philadelphia Eagles in an incredibly hard-fought game where the Commanders offensively rediscovered what we hoped they would, but unfortunately the defense gives up 34 by the end of it, uh, and that is three too many. Uh, as, as we think of our wide overall takeaways, there's good, there's bad. Uh, where do you where do you kind of sit uh, 90 minutes here after the final whistle? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I did the postgame show, and a lot of fans were really upset, which I guess is rightfully so to a certain extent. But I also think there's so many positive things. Like, you know, as a, as a person who loves football and, and follows football, I coach football, like there's so many positive things to take away from it. I thought the play caller did an excellent job kind of adopting things to help insulate the offensive line, get the ball out of Sam's hand quickly, kind of you see a more balanced approach. Um, I think, you know, you see them understanding kind of how to find big plays. I think they did leave some on the field, but I, I just think the resiliency, man, like the resiliency in those critical moments at the end of the game are, are just so impressive to me. Like, it's so easy to kind of say, Hey, game's over. And I've been a part of teams that have just kind of thrown in the towel and for them to go back out there, like, like it was nothing drive the length of the field and get a touchdown with two seconds left on the clock and kick the field goal. Like. There's so many positives in this, right? B-Rob's running hard, O-Lions. Like, guys are competing. And I know that, like, that's hard to quantify. That's hard to explain. But to see that level of fight in a group, specifically the offense, I thought was 
I thought was amazing, you know. And, and again, like I'm, I'm not a big moral victory guy, but I do, I do leave this game thinking, man, this is so much different than the Buffalo game, for example. So, um, you know, like it, it's very positive. You saw a lot of things. A lot of things we had questions about. I think were answered in this game, and I think that is, that's why maybe I'm more optimistic than the average fan. But I, I really was very pleased with a lot of stuff that I saw. If I'm trying to analyze this fairly, I can't be mad at them for losing in places that are areas for growth, as long as those areas yeah. of growth get better, right? And so when you see the growth today from Sam Howell in this offense, the bounce back ability and yeah. the tactical acumen, whether it's getting the yards after the catch, whether it's a smart or smarter, it felt like use of the running game. It wasn't like they ran the ball like crazy. I mean, B-Rob's yeah. only got 14 carries, but there's carries that matter. And actually, you know, arguably it was more effective last week against Buffalo, but the, the carries mattered and it felt more balanced and it kept the, the Philly yeah. defensive line a little bit more at bay. There's obviously, I think, still more to clean up in the pass protection category. Um, that's going to be a, a topic for the Tuesday pod uh, when we when we get over there or when we go over the tape. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, like they cut the turnovers, they got Terry involved, they got Jahan involved. Obviously, yeah. he catches the big touchdown at the end. That all their playmakers feel like they had important touches. You know, Curtis Samuels used very wisely at times to get key, key pickups, including the first touchdown of the game. Yep. Um, and, and I love to see all that from Eric Bieniemy. Um, I think the frustrating part is like, yeah, there's frustrating individual things um, you know, that happened. Terry is, I thought he was in on that catch. It looked like from that sideline is, angle that there was, yeah, but you know, some green say, blades yeah. of glass, grass and just wish that there was a, a better way to, to resolve that. And maybe you're super mad about that, but like, I feel like Commander's got a couple calls today that they yeah, took advantage of to their credit. A couple of holding um, calls, I thought that were yeah. a little bit not ticky tack, but you know, in, in, in yeah. certain in other games, they're probably not getting called, right? Yeah, so. they'd be, you'd be mad if they got called on on the burgundy and gold. Um, and so, uh, from that stuff, like it, it evens out in the end. I think the biggest concern point is the fact that this defense through four games, which is supposed to be the strong suit of this team. And I know they got no offensive support last week and they didn't yeah. really give up 30. I mean, I guess they did because they gave up 37 and seven of them are attributed to a pick six. Um, but they've given up 30 points as a team, uh, three of four games this season, and that's not going to be good enough to win in this league. Yeah. Um, but I do think from a, a resilient standpoint, I do think from an offensive, like, these are big existential concern standpoint. I feel a lot better this week than I did last week. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is, I mean, this, this is from an offensive standpoint, I think you feel really good about a lot of questions you had. You know, like, is Sam Howell for real? Is this offense for real? Is DB doing the right stuff? Like, I think all those, I think all those boxes are checked today. And, you know, he's got to do it again next week. It's a week to week league. And I think sure. they all understand that. I think defensively, the thing I would just call attention to is I just think the matchup with Emmanuel Forbes and AJ Brown was one that, was exploited and when you look at you know in ron's presser he was like you know we got a young football player who needs to play the technique that we're coaching and i and i look at that and i kind of went after ron said that i went back and looked at the stat sheet and i was like you know forbes gave up two explosive plays late in the game you know and how does does the defense handle those situations better if they're um you know like let's, let's say for example instead of getting a 60-yard touchdown they have to drive that 60 yards. Do they get a delay a game? Do they get a false start? Do they get something that kind of tilts, tilts it back in your favor? You end up with a field goal instead of a touchdown? Maybe, right? And I do think, like, when you look at the second half of this football game, you get a very lackluster performance of the offensive, uh, from the offense in the third quarter. Again, that's one of the risks of running the ball early and often is you do get behind the sticks. It gets harder to convert on third down. You get a drop by Jahan. Those things happen. 
kind of a down period for the offense. The defense is on the field a little bit more. They, I think they did fine. It's for stretches, but obviously, like that's a really good offense. That's that's a Super Bowl winning, t- a Super Bowl caliber team, and they're going to go through uh, through phases like that. But I really think you look at the the major issues, and it's pro- I would kind of have to point to the inability to stop the run effectively in the second half, specifically coming out on that first drive for Philadelphia. And then I would also point to the explosive plays. And that I really think that kind of, I don't want to say that that's all on one player, but a big part of that's on one player. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall they did a pretty good job on Swift 14 for 56 on the day, um, which I think if we had said Deandre Swift's going to have 56 yards uh, when we were sitting at, at tap sports bar this morning, we'd have been pretty psyched about that. Um, and it's not like Hertz or Gainwell or anyone else got loose either. They right. actually averaged less yards per carry. Obviously, you know, some Hertz come on sneaks. So uh, take that for what it's worth. He did have one big one, the 24 yarder uh, that he gets most of his yardage on. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Um, yeah. But it really does come down to you know the nine for one seventy five for AJ Brown and those two big ones. Um, yep. I mean, it's a risky. I mean, in fairness to Emmanuel Forbes, a couple of things. One, I thought he battled, and yeah. he's a rookie going against one of the five, ten, cer certainly ten, if yeah, not yeah. five best receivers in the entire league. Who's kind of a bad matchup physically for him? AJ Brown is incredibly big and strong, and it, you know Emmanuel Forbes uh, was stronger than his frame, but he still got his frame. Like yeah. AJ Brown bodies people, and Emmanuel Forbes just doesn't have the leverage or the the width to avoid some of that stuff. But he battled, and by and large, uh, except for the fifty-nine yarder, he's able to bring Brown down after the catch. Obviously, in the touchdown and catch in the end zone, that's an irrelevant stat. Um, and on that one, like. That is a ballsy, ballsy call by the Eagles. Yeah, I actually thought it was frankly, a bad call. Bad hey, that's call. what I was going to say. It's like, frankly, it's a dumb call. Like, you almost credit Forbes for being like, they can't possibly be yeah. going deep on me here. Like, I'm trying to create a turnover. Like, we yeah. need – and it's a time in the game. And maybe this is Philly's thought. And, you know, they trusted their defense to hold Washington out of the end zone. And, you know, Washington proved them wrong. But – they're thinking like they're turnover hunting. This kid is the turnover kid. We can get in with the double move for sure. And they take advantage of it. And if so, credit to them, but it's a very dumb decision by them. Cause yeah. you don't, like, you could just kick out the game. You have a very reliable kicker and instead they hit, they hit a double move. So like for four situational awareness, he's actually aware. It just, it backfires on him because Philly yeah. does something uh, out of the ordinary. So like, it's the kind of thing where with him, I'm not concerned long-term. He's a young player. He's super talented. He's in the right spot a lot. He's got to learn how to make plays at the NFL level. And it sucks that you lost this game, but like, I'm not really even as, as bad as it was. Yeah. Maybe I'm just, I'm being an apologist here, but I'm not that mad at Emmanuel Forbes for the day that he had. Yeah. And again, like that play at the end of the game, like that, that's ridiculous. I can't believe Philly did that. A team that's so good at running the football and that down and distance in that situation with that kind of time left on the clock, like no way. Dude, no way should you be doing that. You could technically have possessed that football and never given Washington an opportunity to get the football back. Like that, right. that that's that's an insane thing. So in some ways, it was good that they scored a touchdown. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it no, was. No, it was. Like, like if you're going to score that early, like if they do that with 30 seconds left, yikes, man. You do that with like a minute 40 left or whatever it was. Minute that's 50, so stupid. Minute 56, I think. So yeah, it was a long time. And then we had a time, and the, and the commander still had a timeout. So. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was wild that that happened. Um, and obviously that lets the offense go down and score a touchdown, which is great. Um, but, I, you know, I do think like one of the things that, that sticks out is like he gets caught on double moves, like he gets caught on the, the fake bubble, right? Jumping up there. Um, and to your point, like I think young football players take time to develop. Like he's not going to come in and be a baller day one. And I know people are like, oh, Christian Gonzalez is playing really well. And I'm, I get that. But I do think they're different style. They're different types of players. They have different styles. And they've got to learn different defenses and how to execute within those defenses. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Much like Sam Howell is going to go through his ups and downs, like Forbes is going to go through ups and downs. So don't, don't, I'm not being critical of, of Forbes. <clears throat> I'm just talking about when it comes to general offensive or defensive performance, like those metrics jump out at you. Those plays are huge plays in terms of the outcome of the game. Because outside of that, I mean, I'm trying to remember back, there's not like a ton of explosives that Philly was able to generate, if I'm remembering correctly. It's like, those two, I think uh, Smith had one on a contested yeah, Smith, catch. Smith which, had one, yeah, which was close. But like, think about that, man. Like two, two of their three explosive plays, minus the uh, and, and the uh, Jalen Hurts run, are because of Forbes, and that is one of the issues or one of the one of the growing pains you you go through with a young player. And 
So I look at that. I say, without those 14 points, like what is it, 17, something like that. I'm not saying that Philly wouldn't have scored again or scored on those drives, but it does. It it kind of there is a question about it, and I think that's important to understand when evaluating the defense. And you know, like that's kind of my thought on that generally. I I got a text from Linnell actually right after the game talking about you know the defensive line, how the defensive line was disappointing. I mean, I actually thought the defensive line did what was better this week than they were last week against a better offensive line. And so, yeah. like, I think that context is so important. Like, that offensive line, when you watch them week to week, is amazing. Jordan Mailata did not give up a pressure against Minnesota, and he gave up, like, four today to Chase. Like, so they... And they Chase came. did a good job with his lane discipline today. Absolutely. And Sweat did a good job on Lane Johnson, and, and Allen did a good job on, on, a, on a good guard. You know, so it's like, I look at that and I say, like... The, they cannot – It's it, in the NFL in 2023, the defense can't win games for you. They can keep you in games, and I do think, like, that's where that explosive play element kind of shows up. It's like they can't make all these plays. So, yeah, could they have played better? Do you want more from that group? Obviously, because you want to win games. But in terms of, like, when you – like, I'm pretty sure, and maybe I feel differently after we watch it on Tuesday when we do the, when we do the film breakdown, but I'm pretty sure if I go through the All-22 and watch this play-by-play, I'd come out of it being like, a lot of guys played really good football. You know, a lot of guys played really good football on the defensive side of the ball. And there's a couple plays here and there that really kill you. Like, you know, Jamin had an excellent game, but Jamin misses a tackle on yeah. third and 10. That, And again, that's a tough situation to be in. I understand that. I could never do that in my life. But if he makes that play, you might not get the field goal at the end of the game there. You know, and it's just like, I think that is maybe what fans are feeling from a frustration standpoint. But if you, like, when you watch as much film as I do and as much film as we do, you see that there are, there's 10 plays like that in every single football game. There's times where defensive lines are totally inert, good defensive lines. And I think it's just it's important to give that context to this game. Um, and, and hopefully, I'm not again, I'm not making an excuse for the defense, but I do think the context, you know, it doesn't explain away the issue, but it, it kind of, I think yeah. it's more realistic. Explosives kill you. Yeah. Explosive plays in this league kill you. And it's why you have to make teams earn every yard, and which is why I'm going to mention Derek Forrest as well on the yeah. play where Forbes – Gives up That's the it. first yeah. one to Brown. Yeah. Like, that should, like, is that an explosive play that Forbes gives up? Yes. Derek Forrest cannot miss that tackle. Like, that's yeah. what you're paid back there to do to, to go over and, like, your corner on the gets screen. Beat. Okay. On the screen. Yeah. On, the, on yeah. the screenplay, he comes downhill from his safety spot and, and is meeting, you know, greeting Brown on the sideline and he just misses. Yeah. And if that's stopped there, you know, it's hard to score in the red zone in the NFL. Um, they were citing some uh, stats on the broadcast of how percentages are at the lowest they've been in a while from like that low red area, like 10 yeah. yards and in. It's really hard to score down there. So if you give up a play, like, yeah, it sucks. And you're probably going to give up a field goal. Um, but a field goal is way different than giving up a touchdown. And yeah. the, the, who knows how the game plays out from there. But like that's, you know, that that can't happen if you're Derek Forrest at this point in your career with what your job is as a safety. And it's not like, the play last week that you give up to Gabe Davis where Josh Allen just, I mean, one, it's a, it's a great call against the coverage that you're in. Yeah. And then it's enhanced by the fact that Josh Allen's an alien from outer space with a superhuman yeah. rocket arm. Like this is, you're coming down from your safety spot to make a pretty routine tackle. Yeah. It's hard, um, yeah. but that's, it's the NFL. It's, it's hard. Um, yeah. And so I, I think like it plays like that as well. Like I'm not trying to let Forbes off the hook there. I'm just saying, like, there's other guys. You can talk about the Jamin play for sure. Forrest, yeah. um, James has uh, looks like yeah. he's got a, a free run at Jalen. I think that wound up being the 24 yard scramble. Yeah. 
Um, and you're like, God, and it, yeah. it's the kind of thing where guys are right there. You have to finish. And like, that's yeah. the league. You know, we, yeah. we talked about this on last week's pod a little bit. I think in the post game show, this is the NFL's version of the NBA is it's a make or miss league. Like, do you yeah. get the open shots that you want? Yes. Yeah. Do you knock them down? Yes or no. That's going to de determine whether or not you win the game. And yeah. while they hit a lot more open shots, if you will, than last week, they did not hit enough of them yeah. and against a team like Philly, or at least to beat a team like Philly. Uh, and, and that's why they're on the wrong end of it today. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that's good analysis. And I think, you know, it's just – and you go back and you watch, and like, there's the the play where I think it's covered two. You know, and Jalen Hurts delivers a perfect ball, uh, ball to Devontae Smith, like where Cam's hitting him kind of right as the ball is caught. And it's like yep. this – and you're like, man, like, kudos and, and they they make plays you know and like that like the bubble screen like as much as i want to be really pissed at forums like it's yeah bubble screen it's it's a good it's a well-executed play because <clears throat> he's trying to get up there and make a tackle and i'm sure ron would give you some insight about his technique and where he's deficient there or whatever but it when you watch it real time it's a good looking play it looks like a screen and i understand like what he's doing and why he's making that move and these are things you learn from and you get better at. But you so, see like a veteran like Slay sniff it out when they try it on the other side. Yeah. Uh, they tried to hit it right. to Jahan uh, up the right sideline and and Slay's right on top of it. Right. And so I think it's just it's you're, you're growing. And, uh, and again, I'm not making excuses for the defense because I definitely think in terms of point total, they've been disappointing, especially in this game. But I'm also like explosive plays kill defenses, kill defenses, right? Because on a down-to-down -down basis in this game, Outside of the start of the third quarter, I thought they did a pretty good job. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's a couple yeah. plays here and there where you're like, man, we wish we would have had that one. Man, we wish I had that one. And that's the nature of football every weekend in the NFL. So the other, the one area where I look at the defense and I, I would feel like you're going to have a hard time pushing back on this. No, yeah. Well, is, I'm not pushing. And again, like, I think yeah, they could have played better. Just like, like, I would say that, that there's no context that can help them. I'm going to put it that yeah. way they've got to start creating turnovers. And like, this yeah. has been a multi-year problem with this defense and they've now brought in, I mean, that's why Forbes is here. Um, yeah. They've tried to, you know, do a couple of things here and there with some of their personnel to gr get guys on the field that they think can force turnovers. And they got a couple today where they, or at least the one where they knock it out and the ball just bounces right back to the Eagles yeah. player. And Gibson right. had his own one of those, um, or like the O-lineman dives on it. Um, you know, there's, but there's got to be whether it's interception, there's got to be a uh, fumble, there's got and this is where the D line, like you know, yeah, they're playing well, but can someone get a strip sack? Like, yeah, they need at some point over one of these games to create a couple of turnovers because the other part of that is yes, they're generally doing a good job of like even holding teams to field goals on some longer yeah. drives, but three starts to add up for a while, and one you wear yourself down because you can't yeah. get off the field quickly, and two like. Zero is better than three. Three is better yeah. than seven, but zero is better than three. And you're also very much allowed to score yourself if you get the the opportunity. So, um, yeah, they got the the interceptions uh, in the Denver game. Kendall had the one on the arm punt from from Josh Allen last yeah. week. But like creating turnovers with any kind of consistency is the missing piece of this defense, and <clears throat> will turn their production to where teams are not scoring 30 on them, no matter the circumstances. Uh, yeah, Will, could you look up who's leading the league in turnovers right now and what that number is, please? Thank you. Uh, the the other thing I is just, like, it's and the other thing I look at with these last two games specifically is they had opportunities. They got their hands on footballs in situations where it was like, 
Um, you know, I think about the Percy Butler play we watched uh, during the pregame show, and then there's another mm-hmm. one with Cam in, in very similar kind of situation where he doesn't see Cam, the ball bounces off Cam's hands and it's still completed. Like there, and then Forbes had one in this game where he's, you know, Hurts throws it down the field and Forrest bumps into him and they knock each yeah. other off. And like they have had opportunities. And in my experience in playing and watching and coaching football, if you have multiple, it's kind of like the pressure rate for sacks, right? If you're getting your hands on footballs, eventually those turn into turnovers and it just the way the rate at which that happens is always a little bit confounding like you know i think i think pff uh i was reading something they were put out recently and it was like turnovers are not necessarily something that you can find like it's it's not like it's not something you can manufacture necessarily the thing that 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 is more conducive to that is just getting your hands on the football like we're talking about so it's good to see that happening more frequently and i think it's just a matter of time before those plays start being actualized and becoming turnovers yeah um in terms of turnover differential uh dallas tampa buffalo philly uh pittsburgh the teams that going into today had the most obviously uh the bills four Hmm, wonder what that total got inflated by uh (laughs) last week but you look at a team like tampa right like they're not they don't feel like they're that good but they get a bunch of turnovers and um it changes the game for you same thing with Philly, man. They've uh, they've they've been uh, pretty impressive about creating turnovers, right? Fumbles and things like that that have gave them comfortable wins in games that they probably shouldn't. So I, I think this is a very valid point. It's just I, to me that the thing that I always go back to is like you know with pass protection or with a running game. There's there's ways to make those things more effective. I'm not really sure how to make that more more effective. If that makes sense, like how do you become a better turnover team? Like I look at Dan Quinn and I was with him. When I was in Atlanta, one of the things we did every day is we did like a live ball period. Like we talked about turnovers at nausea. We talked about it in practice. We talked about it in the meeting. We had periods where we were trying to punch the ball. It was just such a priority. And, um, you know, I, I'm not familiar enough with their practice structure and, and the way Jack communicates to the guys to know if that's true or not. But like it really is like a it's like a mindset. And then that's one guy on that list that Will just gave us. But, you know, like – is is that one way to do that? It just gets you thinking about the football more and more and more. So when you so you're always thinking about punching it out. Maybe I don't know, but um, hopefully, hopefully, some of these opportunities that we've seen become turnovers uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, because um, if they're you're just not going to be as talented as they are, um, as well as they play a lot of downs, down in, down out. Yeah. Um, they, you're not going to be a top five defense, which is what the goal for this unit is unless you're creating turnovers. It's just, it's basically impossible. Um, Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. 
your weekly source for all things Commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest decision of the game from a coaching standpoint comes down to Rivera at the end of the game and whether or not you go for two. Um, My initial thought, and I was sitting watching the game with my wife on the couch, and I was like, Ron's like, if they score here, Ron's going for two. So buckle your seatbelt. And then he holds up the one finger and they go out and kick the point after and um, send it over time. And I was like, man, that's, that's kind of surprising. You're on the road. Yeah. Typically that's the thought is if you're, if you're on the road, you go for the two. Um, Ron is Mr. Riverboat Ron analytics guy now. And then he doesn't. And I saw a tweet from Grant Paulson after the game where he talked about how he's very surprised and he wishes they would yep. have. And I retweeted that and was like, I agree with this. And then I heard Ron's presser and he said, frankly, like it looked like he wanted to yeah. based on his answer. And then he just goes, frankly, the guys were gassed. What yeah. he, as someone who's been in those types of positions before you're on the field, you, you need one more play for two yards. Um, is the gas thing real? Like, what do you make of the odds there and, and the decision as a whole and what goes into it? You know what? I, I think I've only been in that situation once in my career. I think it was not 2000. Often. Yeah. 2013 uh, Kirk was playing quarterback. We were down in Atlanta and we had like a, a, play, a pick play called in the red zone for a two point conversion. We had gone on a long drive and I don't know. I, just just my philosophy as a player you know it's like you have the you just scored a touchdown you just went on a long drive like you have the momentum that fatigue you're experiencing the defense is also experiencing and um i don't know like i don't want to second guess ron because he has access to information and kind of the feel of the sideline in a way that we don't but especially against a team that i would characterize as better from a roster construction standpoint at this point my experience however limited it's been is that if you have the momentum and if you're the, the underdog, just go for two, right? Because I want to I wanna just flip a coin basically and say, you know, we're going to give ourselves the best chance to be successful here on this one play. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Like maybe EB used one of his two-point plays earlier in the game but didn't, and, and doesn't have one that he likes now or doesn't have one for this situation. Or the guy that ran it in practice is too tired. He's not in. And so, they, you know, Sam doesn't have reps with Pringle running it or whatever. There could have been a million things going on there. But um, I think if, if all things being equal, even if it, even if they are really fatigued, like I'm probably trying to to run that. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably trying to get out there and, and run the two-point play. Just because I just the way Philly was operating in the second half from a defensive perspective, like it was going to be hard to drive the length of the field and score a touchdown, I think, you know, but it's not going to be hard to run one play that you love for two points. And, you know, do you get it? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you get it or not, but I just felt, I just feel like that situation. Um, that's what I would have done if I was the coach. <clears throat> now, again, I'm not on the sideline, so I don't know all the stuff that Rod is talking about. But if I, I'll, again, if I, if it was Logan's decision, just like immediately when they scored, I was like, go for two. And, you know, that's just my thought on that. I I think that's really good perspective because I think you're correct that if there is any number of reasons that we are not privy to to not do it, you shouldn't do it. And those yeah. go range from Evie doesn't have a play he particularly likes against this defense. 
um, you know, he's used maybe, maybe like the Curtis Samuel end around, uh, yeah, sweet plays earlier, like yeah. that was, that was kind of the one that he really liked this week and you're not running it again. Um, so there's, there's definite reasons there, but to me, the fatigue one is not good enough because of what you said. Yeah. You are the aggressor. They're just as tired as you are. And I, I mean, maybe he's on the sideline, he's reading the body language and he's like, that was it. The last gasp was yeah. that. And now let's just let them catch their breath and let's see if we can do this in overtime. Yeah. Um, and we know we trust our defense if we got to get a stop, whatever, whatever the reason yeah. is. But they're tired too. And, you know, yeah. it's the kind of thing where like, you know, the way that Brian Robinson runs, um, how hard he is to bring down, how tall. I mean, look, it's from the two yard line. The man is six foot one. Like he's two yards tall. If he yeah. falls forward and gets to the line of scrimmage and falls forward, he is in. And yeah. I think that that is a relevant piece of information. I just would have yeah. probably run like a half, whether it's halfback dive or, you know, I'm using Madden terminology here, or, you know, an outside or like an off tackle play, a power play, like whatever it is that you like, pick your favorite run play, run it. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to give Sam an RPO type of situation. Okay. Um, I mean, shoot, I would consider throwing a fade to Terry and living with the ball in the air with 17, depending on how much you like Sam throwing, throwing yeah. a fade. Like, I just, at that point in the game, after all you've just given, they're tired, you've got momentum, you're on the road, the the calculation of overtime is not 50-50 in your favor. I've got enough playmakers out there that if I've got one play for the game, I'm probably going that direction. That said, I do not think it's an indefensible decision yeah. at all. This is not like a, you know, Rivera, oh my God, how could he clock management snafu, some of which he's made in his four years Ooh. here. And certainly uh, in his nine years in Carolina, uh, Panthers fans will run to tell you of the uh, issues that they have with his clock management and game management down there. But to me, this is a, it's, it's a bit of a flip of a coin. I, I wish it would have landed the other way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not an indefensible and it's a very understandable decision. And that being said, too, like, I mean, even at the end of the game there, they get the ball. You, you, you did the hard part. You get the ball at halftime or coming out of or going into overtime, excuse me. And then you're like a, a forearm away from having a ball in a really good position to go score mm -hmm. some points, you know. And so as much as it, we want to be critical of it, it's like, the, what if the same thing happens in the end? You know what I mean? Like, it's. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I probably would have done something different, like I said, but I think the, um, you know, like it wasn't like they had a bad drive coming out, like with that catch to Terry, that throw by Sam, I thought was excellent. And what a play by your guy, 17, that it just doesn't fall in bounds. Like it's just, that's the kind of margin for error you're dealing with. And is it frustrating? 100%. Super frustrating. Because like they did all of this emotional lifting to get to this point. And it, it falls short. That's that's never fun, especially given all the prep you put in the week. But, you know, they did a lot of really good things in the game. And it's just crazy that it comes out of that decision, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, last thing, and I'm pretty sure the, the direction, certainly the way I'm going to take this, but I'm curious your thoughts, uh, is going to end on a high note here. Sam's, we, we've talked about this a lot, but I just think it's worth reiterating. Like, this is career start number five. Yeah. It's his second ever road start. Philly's a nasty place to play. We had some fun talking about some Philly stories on take five this week. The, the just uh, to a point at stubbornness of that kid, but yeah. just the, the fact that he is never phased by anything is so freaking impressive to me. And is it going to be enough ultimately to make him a long-term, you know, high level starter in this league? No, he still took five sacks today. 
that's not great. They got to continue to do that. And I'm curious how, why that happened. Um, that's still a pretty high number, even if it feels a lot lower than last week's nine. Uh, yeah. That's for Tuesday's pod when when you've had a chance to watch it all on tape and I've had a chance to watch as much as I possibly can uh, with with however whatever level of cooperation NFL Game Pass gives me. Um, but the the mental makeup, the toughness, the stick-to-itiveness, the unflappability of Sam Howell, I think shines in this game in a way that makes me think he's going to be the answer at quarterback long-term. And I know we do this every week, but that's the NFL until you have a guy. Yeah. How do you come out of this game feeling about 14? Yeah. I mean, I think, gosh, man, he is impressive. And especially I give it, it's, and I think that's another thing. Another reason why I'm optimistic is like last week he played about as bad as you could have played. Like he literally, like, I don't know if he could have played much worse and it looked like the sky was falling. He looked totally unsettled. And, you know, which is tough because he played pretty good the week before that. And then to have that, you're kind of like, man, maybe he wasn't what we thought. And for him to come out, like he said, in Philly, show the composure that he did. I mean, he missed some throws. Everybody misses throws. I think there was that shot to Terry on the post where you want that one back. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was the drive before the, the final two minute, like where he scrambles, you know, for a first down. He, you know, extends the play, throws the ball to Gibson. Like they had three or four third downs in a row that are, are him just elevating the play, you know what I mean? Just fighting, clawing, scratching to get that done. And I just thought, like, that is a dude that has that has that has has something to him, man. And I, I can't explain what it is, the stick-to-itiveness, the stubbornness, the resolve, the composure, all those things. And, again, it, it you know, we're not saying he's he's arrived yet, but, like, there's something about that, that that gets you excited, coupled with the arm talent and the ability to execute this offense. And, and he had to do some stuff today that was, was challenging and outside of his comfort zone. And I just have a ton of respect for for what he did, quite honestly, because he did a really good job. And, um, you know, in terms of bright spots, like it was so refreshing and nice to see that um, for a young guy who, when he gets to the podium at the press conference, is just like, he says all the right things. His demeanor is correct. You he know, believes like, it. Like, I don't think he's a guy out there saying stuff. Yeah, like, I, I think that's just how he's wired. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I don't know. I know him kind of because I've talked to him a couple of times, but it's not like I know him. And yeah. I would say like it, he seems to be that same way when he's when you're talking around the building, you know, like he's there's something to it. And, I, you know, we'll see, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it can grow into something really beautiful or it could die on the vine kind of thing. But it's um it's been really fun to, to watch these last couple of games as a, as a commander's fan and as a commander's analyst, because it's like, it's it's it gives you hope and optimism and like it's because of the play the physical tools the leadership and is it perfect no but it is it is better than a lot of things a lot of the quarterbacks that i've covered here so it, it is an exciting time i'll have to look this up and i will for uh the pod this week william if we can make a note how many quarterbacks have thrown for 290 in a game like how many 290 yard games have there been uh in mm -hmm. in this franchise in the last you know let's say since kirk left what not that many uh sam howell had it today uh, so we will continue to watch him grow and mature, and we will talk about it uh, with a compact schedule this week. Here's what we got for Take Command this week. Uh, Tuesday morning, we're going to record our film review pod, but instead of holding that until Wednesday morning, like we typically do, uh, we're going to put it out ASAP. So Tuesday morning, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're subscribed right now. Like I'm reminding you now. So if you're watching on YouTube, like just the subscribe button's right in front of you. If you're listening to this on a Monday, uh, you're you're listening to on a podcast app. 
where if you're not subscribed, you can hit subscribe right now. So do that. Go ahead and subscribe. And then as soon as we get done editing and turning this thing around on Tuesday, the film review pod will be out. We'll reconvene Wednesday morning for the Bears preview. And then Thursday, uh, live at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor. Uh, the Hoffman Show starts on the Team 980 at 4. You said you're coming early, right? So, like, technically, the Take Command pregame show starts 630. But, like, I don't know. Logan might start popping on early before that. So, uh, yeah. Take Command pregame show officially at 630. That's when the simulcast begins between the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan. But we'll be starting our football game day, Burgundy and Gold game day, 4 o'clock for me on the team 980 and then friday morning uh we will do because it's a, a late thursday night we won't do an instant reaction we'll do a hey we slept on it reaction friday morning uh and then we'll get back to the regular schedule with the film stuff next week so that is how the week shakes out for us we look forward to seeing you on youtube uh, to talking to you in your favorite audio podcast platform until then for logan i'm craig thanks for watching and listening and we'll see you for Misery Monday, 4 o'clock on the Team 90.